Hello, and welcome to From Out of Game. This is my first podcast and first episode. My name is Scott. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, like I said, something new. I, th- I thought I'd try this out with all the coronavirus quarantine and craziness kind of keeping everyone on edge. I figured I get a lot of energy and creativity builds up as the day goes on. And as a parent, I have to make sure I'm responsible with all my daily duties. But I always have some sort of creative outlet, either drawing up a map or setting up a story or trying to read or some me time in essence, really. And a lot of my life, I've played Dungeons and Dragons. I've always liked it. I've always had a passion for it. Um, it's always been very fun. So please bear with me as I try to dust off all my old speech class techniques of trying to sound like I know what I'm doing. But of course, this is a new medium for me. But uh, like I said, my name is Scott. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I've been playing Dungeons Dragons since I believe seven years old. Uh, I played second edition rules at my brother's best friend's house. I was so interested in what Dungeons and Dragons could be. Uh, I was always interested in this medieval warfare type style with magic and mystery and adventure. Obviously, as a child, you love adventure. You love the, the idea of being able to do stuff at no hindrance of anything other than the what ifs. And all of that just builds up with me all these years and now I'm just huge huge nerd I'm gonna do my very best to keep this clean because I saw it was an option to keep things clean or explicit and I curse a lot but I'm not gonna try to curse in here I'm gonna try to use my parenting skills too so like I said I was seven years old when I started second edition and I immediately died it was very new to me trying to explore this cave and uh, I, I was looking at it and I said I want to go down this tunnel over here because it looks empty and that's when all the the mystery aspect was being taught to me uh, like well there's a chest down there if you can see it or there could be monsters down there if you hear them and discovering and it was so wonderful and, and whimsical for me to be able to learn this game and ultimately become the DM for most games. Uh, I've, I've probably DM'd more than I've played. Uh, I have a lot more story than I have players, unfortunately. I, I do enjoy the game itself, and I, I end up doing a lot of the, the storytelling. And it's grown with me. It, it's it's alright. I do enjoy hearing my story actually come to life when the players are available. And I, I, I like to see the character arc with my friends, and it's a great time to spend together and always catching up. Uh, amongst other things in Dungeons and Dragons, I've, I've played lots of Wizards of the Coast stuff too. Uh, Gamma World was based loosely off 4th edition, <clears throat> and I've played 4th edition Dungeons and Dragons anyway. Gamma World was fun. I've spent a good chunk of my experience. I, I would give it a good 95% of my Dungeons & Dragons experience in the 3-5 edition, where it's just Math City, dude. Um, 
I, I had to learn all the little tricks, and I'm still learning new stuff today. It it's it's eye opening and kind of cool to be helping new players try to learn what they want to be in this fantasy land where coronavirus doesn't exist. It could be the Black Plague instead if I chose to do that. But sometimes the world can vary based on how the dice will these things. Um, so let me explain how all this kind of culminated together because I've always had this love for tabletop and I know back to back on topic too when everyone's in quarantine everyone's sitting in silence in their homes they have to here in Texas we actually have a surge of coronavirus cases and it, it can be kind of a burden to carry knowing that it's just looming in reality and I like to play to sort of get a break from reality it, it's kind of cowardly but at the same time it's uplifting and enjoyable with friends i i have six active campaigns right now and i'll get into that later uh i'm just trying to mainly figure out this whole podcast thing um so on top of dungeon dragons gamma world which is basically a branch of dungeon dragons another wizards of the coast thing uh warhammer 40k was always interesting to me uh, all the, the space tactics and different buildings and the miniatures. And, um, yeah, the the types of enemies you can find. Tyranids were so cool because they're space bugs. And they're, it, it reminds me so much of Alien and all sorts of things like that. Horror films always have a huge place in my mind for encounters in Dungeons and Dragons. In my experience of DMing, um, lots of lots of these things come into play when I'm trying to figure out what's the next best thing for my players. Because I want them to enjoy themselves, and I want a, a good story to be brought up and not so controlled. Because as the storyteller, you want it to breathe like in your own selfish concerns yeah but you also want to make sure your players are having fun and i don't want to be um cliche and just like looking up stuff and playing it by how it's already written out because then i i don't feel that same passion and it's a great two-way street to have this so in all my experience of dming I, i'm almost positive i could easily have probably close to 10 years of storytelling basically and that would also include the 10 years of three fives just rolling dice sitting at a table. And that's honestly how it all started. Uh, the same guy who taught me the, the, just the concept of D and D in second edition, he would come over too, and my friends would come over. So me and my brother both had friends over and we all liked tension dragons, but we were all just young and just wanted to hang out together and stay up till five o'clock in the morning because we were rebellious little punks and this is what we did. We would take turns uh, telling a story. And we would have no miniatures. We would have just paper and pencil. And we would just guess on how to make these characters. And just have fun with it. Uh, I remember some of the first games that my brother would say. It was uh, Happy Ass Land. And that we just had to go through this series of doors. And 
<laughs> getting out of like what was supposed to be this perfect happiness of fairies and pixies and bright colors into the rugged world of the, the where the black plague was existent, you know. And I don't, we, we never expanded further in that because my brother went on to do more technological stuff and I stayed in the fantasy land. I, I loved the fantasy land, it was great. And eventually, more of my friends liked D&D and more into it and then i made more friends who were into it especially in my younger adult years uh and i'm, I'm happy to see where dungeons and dragons lies today i think Gary gygax would be very happy to see that it's it's got this huge base still of supportive people and young minds coming together and, and weaving these wonderful stories together and i'm i'm looking forward to sharing a lot of my stories with you guys if you're so inclined to listen and I cannot express this enough on how much I appreciate how much you decided to stay and tune in. So what I'm going to explain and I'll come back after a short break in a few minutes to make sure I got my whole mindset right. And this recording is working. What I'd like to do and share with you guys is different experiences I've had across the Dungeons and Dragons platform, either homebrew ideas that I've come up with, uh, games I've played in. Those are some of my best stories. You guys might end up knowing Novran Doberson quite well. He's a character of mine. Uh, I played him for two years in a very long campaign. And he explained some of the campaigns I'm hosting currently or some that I've done before. And maybe I could even try to share just in general how I DM in case you're a new DM looking to make friends or make a community because I cannot express this enough either. The fact that the bond that you can build with your friends or friends to be with this game where you're literally sitting around a table forced, <laughs> I, I can't say forced to talk, but yeah, you, you do have to talk to people and together you, you solve these puzzles based on what's trapped in your dungeon master's mind. And you have to use your skills in communication and problem solving and even a little bit of acting. And these great stories to tell to your children or to your friends who are interested in it um, and communities across the, the nerd platform. So I'd like to take all of my experience and, and just put it out there because it makes me happy uh, to to have this game outlet. And I don't know, I, I don't I don't ever believe that my thoughts are the only thoughts on the planet anymore. It, it's, it's been a lot of development in my life where I, I truly believe that sometimes I am just too quiet. And if you love it, hey, that, that's gonna be helpful. I'm, I'm gonna keep wanting to record this and keep making episodes out of these different campaigns. And if you don't like it, then Maybe you'll find something where you need to be or something you might like. And we'll, we'll come right back and I'll start to get more into the body and the meat of how I'm going to run this podcast, almost like a campaign. So I guess you could say it's like seven campaigns, but like this one's just for me. So uh, I'll come right back in a short break. And, um, yeah, stay tuned.
right, how about that transition sound provided by Anchor? Uh, it sort of brings me to my next point in how uh, I, I make my games or how things influence me. That sound totally brings me back to the original Gauntlet game. The, <laughs> the, the over-the-head kind of like third-person omniscience view where you get to play as the barbarian wizard Amazon or the Huntress, no, it was just an archer, the green elf, and you have to run around picking up chicken in a dungeon and shoot ghosts and things spawn. That was one of my favorite games to, to play on an arcade platform. It it still tickles me to this day. There's a uh, arcades, uh, arcade in the next city over, and you can give them 10 bucks and play games all day and gauntlets in there. And I played it just a few months ago and it, it took me back, man. It was great. So let me go ahead and get into some influences of this, uh, huge plot and story that I have. So I never read a lot. I just didn't like to read. I felt like I couldn't focus on a story and I would catch myself rereading lines of pages over and over and it would get annoying and I eventually learned that was my own mind being fogged by distraction and I to this day now love to read I I love to read my my wonderful wife she got me into this book series and she knows me so well she just knew right off the bat that she said if you're gonna read you should read Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. You're going to love it. I just know it. And I picked up The Gunslinger, and I was immediately hooked. I have never been so invested in another story. I have, to this day, I have now finished books one through seven, the fourth book being a prequel and i finished the eighth book which is actually in the middle chronologically of four and five and i've got to go back and read little sisters of Illyria, which is a super prequel basically so when i write a lot into dungeons and dragons the dark tower is almost always there and the most interesting part to me is that and i needed to research on this i don't know who came first but there is a spire in Dungeons & Dragons lore. It's an official manual that I have in Manual of the Plains. In the Outlands, there's this structure called the Spire. And it is treated just like the Dark Tower is in Stephen King's no novels, his epic. And I, without spoiling too much of either story, D&D uh, &D and Stephen King, they do function differently in their respective stories but they both act as the center of everything. And so once I got this connection to the Spire, Dark Tower, and how all things come in this full circle in the planes, and obviously planar travel and space travel is always super cool to think is the ultimate adventure. What better way to go into this dungeon with just my sword and shield and my magic buddy than to go into that dungeon that's across this time space uh, teleportation tube over into a different world or traveling through a thin veil that takes me to somewhere unexpected. So 
Dark Tower has definitely been a huge, huge influence for me. And <laughs> it, it's crazy to think that because it used to just be a bunch of anime and TV shows that would help me build these stories. Video games help too. I know a lot of uh, Silent Hill was a big one for a while. I loved the idea of this hulking monster of Pyramid Head wandering this um, just like an interplanar, like this this material plane uh, city of Silent Hill exists at the same point in two different layers in a sense. And it just takes this different shift to be there and not be there at the same time. Silent Hill was awesome. Awesome influences. Uh, Trigun was one of my favorite animes as a child. My brother got me into it, and it was a great, great thing because I was never really hooked on westerns, but this sci-fi western was really awesome. With and th th that influence you'll be seeing with, uh, as my friends have called their campaign, the Dandy Boys. I don't know where it came from, but that's basically where it's at. On top of Trigun, another anime I like to watch was Afro Samurai. A lot of the, uh, the the culture in there was pretty cool. This this Eastern Western clash was interesting, along with this tier system of who can become the ruler of all, and that that, that builds this this conflict that is always apparent in D and D universe and adventures. Excuse me. I watched. I I enjoy thrillers, so as I said before the break, Alien, the Alien series was always cool. Uh, there were many Tyranids from Warhammer, but them as a conquering species is so interesting. So I, I would have to say Alien is another uh, super motivator for me. Uh, after I finished Dark Tower, <laughs> my wife knowing me also well again, bought me the complete HP Lovecraft collection, which is, if, if you don't know Lovecraft in, in full, I know he's got a dark past. His writing, however, is about the ultimate fear for mankind is an unknown unknown. We don't know it's all the way out in the depths of space, further than what we do know. It, it's still this unknown entity that could be anything, and we don't know if it's friendly or if it's hostile or what's going to happen to us and what really happens when we sleep there's some really great stories in there and it, it provides this this horrific sort of aspect to all things especially with the mystery aspect and the drive to adventure so i'd have to say that if anything uh lovecraft and stephen king are the biggest influences on the way i like to design my universe especially with Stephen King having this um, world within a world and things collect to each other. Tarantino as well. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm transgressing a little bit to him too. I liked in, uh, I liked when he made his movies, there was usually always a connecting character from another place and it, it kept everyone in the loop on this sort of meta game aspect i say metagame for D, D terms but what we really mean is breaking the fourth wall in movie terms 
So everyone's on this kind of insider knowledge thing. It was really cool. And I liked that aspect for my writing because when the players come across a character that they knew from another campaign, they sort of build this sub story together within them and they can sort of be further into character. So that's a lot of my influences with these stories as I write them. On top of my first DM, he was amazing. We used to play after work. We worked uh, second shift. We'd get off at one o'clock in the morning and play till five or six in the morning, head home and do it again next week. It was crazy. And he had this, this campaign where we had our main characters. And then once we got far enough in the story, we started, we started a second campaign that was parallel to the first campaign. And they were so close to each other physically in game that at the last fight, we played both of our characters and the story arc worked because our characters were usually good aligned, trying to overcome the evils and our pirates were just pirates, just trying to get the next loot, the next deal, you know? So what I'm going to explain is the, the campaigns that I have uh, briefly in this intro episode. And then hopefully I can get some more episodes out, you know? So the first one I'd like to start with is one that I called the Bedlam Overture. It is not currently in a session yet, but I'm waiting on these guys to get their characters together so we can come together. It is going to be more Lovecraftian. As I said, is one of my influences. It will have a lot of the adventure and just kind of get these guys together and see what we can accomplish. Uh, I'll have more on that when I actually get some games going. The second one is sort of sort of like Stephen King's sort of um, what they called the men in yellow coats uh, cantoy. It's called the Threadknot Campaign, where basically my kids are playing, and anyone else who wants to play it, I'll make them have characters too. But right now, my kids are the only ones that have characters. They're time cops. They uphold the space-time continuum, how things should be run as they have run, so no one messes up the progression of linear time. And it, it's fun. It, it's quirky, and they're just trying to get paid because they see it as a job. Super funny. I can try to get some episodes in on that. The next one is I'm actually having a game tomorrow for The Long Night. It is a new campaign with some old high school classmates of mine. They just wanted to, like we were talking about in the, the, the first half, an exit, you know, a little escape from how we get out of what we're dealing with. And it is based in a world where a demon has put a permanent darkness over the land in, in just this concentrated area. This will also carry over to the other campaign because this is technically a prequel with different characters. But I'll get into that. We'll, we'll get more episodes of that as they have more sessions. Uh, after that is the kids, it doesn't have a name, but it's the Kids Gold Dragon. Basically, uh, their first campaign they wanted to play, I asked what they wanted to accomplish in it, and they said, where's our mom? Which I thought was the most sweetest thing ever. Excuse me. So I trapped their mom as a gold dragon because my daughter said she wanted to be a half dragon. So that's obviously the story arc I went. And I, I put a lot of the four horsemen of the apocalypse sort of sprinkled in there and some dungeons and some puzzles. It's since died off a little bit because they wanted their cousins to be in it too. So we have a hard time collaborating that. It's still very fun. 
I put a lot of effort into that. Definitely want to get some stories in on that. After that is the pirate campaign, as I was talking about. That one is my wife and two kids and sometimes the neighbor kid. This one is so much fun. I hope one day my old DM would see it and you know, just nod of approval where I let them build whatever they wanted and they just explore trying to get loot. I asked my wife, what's something you'd want? And she said, a tiara that would let me command, that would make people do whatever I told them. I have the book to create that and I started right away and I, <laughs> they're on a flying whale in that story. It's fantastic and they wanted to be called Florence and the Machine basically because the whale's name is Flo. And we were in a huge Florence the Machine uh, rave on that. And I'll explain that after I get through with Dandy Boys. This is my longest campaign I've ever played, ever. Uh, I have tech. I used to text it between me and the guys, just every day, all day, nonstop D and D. And we would have a session. Well, we didn't have sessions the first time, and we separated for a little bit because we grow older. But we're still friends, and I still have the character sheets, so we kicked it back off and we've been having a game every month uh they took me to pax and we played we still play now and it is back to that looming darkness it's a student of that great demon who is now creating this master plan of ridding the world of heroes and i'm going to make these these heroes thero and kane which you will definitely be able to meet quite a few with because that'll be the body of most of my episodes and they're learning how things work in my world. So what I'd like to also say is with all of these campaigns, music has always helped me to bring it full circle with influences in D&D. Music is the soul of my universe. I always try to base things kind of off of music somehow. Uh, we just had a Bardic Festival where they were like Battle of the Bandsing. It was really interesting. And I, I love how music can motivate people and sort of create like this almost movie feel sometimes. And it really puts characters and players into character, I should say. So a lot of the time in my stories, you'll probably hear a lot of music popping up and hopefully it's not going to be copyright infringement. So I'll figure out how to work that too. So yeah, with everything that I have, I really, really hope that you'd like to stay around and listen to the stories that I have and maybe either give D&D a shot or try to pick up the next writing thing you were putting off or the next movie idea you had <clears throat> that you just didn't think was good enough because here I am just wanting to get my story out there. Not for any reason other than to share because I enjoy it and it seems like my players enjoy it and I have this overwhelming self-doubt and I'm looking to be better and be my best. So I hope you laugh. Uh, I hope you like it. And I hope you stay around because uh, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you so much for tuning in. This will be where I record from out of game, from out of game. Thank you so much. <laughs>